0: Welcome to another episode of the Vegas Hockey Podcast. I'm Mark Warner along with Chris Lisa out on Long Island. We're going to do a little early season review here. We're going to go through the Vegas Golden Knights Bipolar Start. They've been uh, world beaters and they've been uh, lackadaisical and inept uh, at times. So We're going to try and figure out which team is which. We're going to go around the league as well, and we're going to look at uh, who's off to a hot start, who's not, who's sustainable, what can the uh, slow starters like the Stars and Devils do to rebound, um, who needs to get going, who's on fire, all those good things that, that come with early season speculation in the National Hockey League. So we've got a real good show for everybody. Stay tuned, and we're going to kick it off. Affiliated with the inaugural launch of the Hockey Writers podcast page over at thehockeywriters.com. We're talking with JD Styles from Cali Sports News, reporting live from the Miami Cup Finals. And today we're being joined by the first general manager in Los Angeles franchise history, George Nicklaus. With that, Quinn, you know, I'm lucky the finest man I've ever met in my life. This is the Vegas Hockey Podcast. We're talking with Clay Milarchek.
1: There's something about George McSee that everybody
0: says is a good pick. This is the Vegas Hockey Podcast, and we're talking with Dana Lane, play-by-play voice of the new MLB Rebel Hockey Team and owner of Dana Lane Sports. Joining us now is Matt Fryer of thehockeywriters.com. He's coming to us from the Dallas Star Train Camp. All right, hockey fans around the world and Golden Knights fans everywhere you are, thank you for joining us this Saturday morning. There's actually hockey on right now, and if you're taking the time to listen to us, we thank you for your investment. Um, it's always good to talk with, talk hockey with my good buddy out on Long Island, Chris Lisa. It's been a couple of weeks. How are you doing, sir?
1: Been very busy, but good, but it's glad to be back and uh, talking hockey, yes, and uh, we got a little bit of a couple, a little bit of meat to the uh, to the season, if mm. you will. And yeah, I think up and down <laughs> is the best way to describe the Knights, right? I mean, they came out of the gate; they kind of really uh, uh, dominated the Sharks in the first couple of games in the home and home to open the season. And you know, then they then they lost, uh, you know, Boston and Arizona. And no shame in losing to Boston. Obviously, got to the Cup finals last year. Then they rebound and. Win a couple division games uh, with Calgary and LA, and they lose the the Preds, and and they had a win, a squeak out a win the other night uh, in the shootout against the Sens. So, a bit of an up and down start. So five and three is is not, you know, that's fine. I mean, that's, you know, that's you you, you play five and three the whole season, you're probably going to the playoffs. So. Uh, oh yeah. And and obviously, um, you know, Nate Schmidt. Has uh, only played in one game this season, and Alex Tuck has yet to suit up, both of which I believe are projected to come back somewhere towards the end of October, probably worst case beginning of November. So, you know, those are two key cogs, if you will, that they have uh, pretty much have been, you know, without uh, during during this uh, first run of the season. And, um, um, you know, this is going to be an interesting week starting tonight. You know, they're in Pittsburgh. Uh, They got three games, you know, one of their many East Coast trips. Um, They're in Pittsburgh tonight, uh, three of the next four games uh, in Philly on Monday and then in Chicago on Tuesday. Then come head home, have a couple days off, and host uh, the Avalanche, who's off to a terrific start themselves, and we'll get into them later uh, next Friday. So, uh, tough test this coming week. Like I said, I would say so far. I mean, there's two ways to look at it. I think overall, you know, five and three—that's kind of a grade between a B and a B plus. But when you consider, you know, after the first two games against the Sharks, since then, been a little bit of a disappointment. But it's a long season.
0: Yeah, and and you mentioned the the Schmidty and Tuck injuries. Eakin also gone for. I think he's only been back for. For two games, and that changes right. the the dynamic. Three games, I think they changed this, the dynamic. Stastny was playing third line center, and Cody Glass looked really good between Stone and Pacharetti. But then maybe it's easy to look real good against Stone with okay. with Stone and Pacharetti on your wings. Um, a terrific start. Both of those guys are getting off too. Um, and then when Eakin comes back, now they have uh, Cody Glass playing right wing on the third line, and Stastny goes back up between Stone. And Pacioretty, and they remind everybody why that that line was so hot at the end of last year, and in the playoffs they look like they've picked up right where they left off. Um, Stoney's off to a great start. I think he has five multi-point games already. Uh, Riley Smith also kind of carrying the load on the first line with Marcia. Show only one goal. Carlson eight assists, no goals so far. But Riley Smith leading the team uh, at last look with six goals. And, and Stone right behind him with five. But what concerns me, um, well, well, last year it was odd they they got off to to a, a very rough start with Schmidt and Tuck both injured. Uh, oddly enough, to start last season as well, um, and they they've been able to overcome that same injury here. And I think a lot of that has to do with the forward depth uh, acquiring Stone and Pacharetti, and and having them in camp from day one to start the season. Um, But what gets me is, is, uh, except for the Arizona game, which the team didn't even show up for, I don't expect that to be who these Golden Knights are. Um, Awful effort to a man. They they acknowledged that. Um, But um, against Boston, they jumped out to a 2-0 lead, and then they go four unanswered. Three of those four directly off Golden Knight sticks with sloppy um, turnovers in, in their own le- zone leading directly to pair of goals by Marshawn and, and Pasternak and then Krug before Pacioretty could get one back in the third. The, and then Ari- Arizona was a turnover-filled mess, to be honest with you, Um they gave away the puck 12 times against Boston, so they blow the lead in that game. Um, Arizona, they never led. Um, they gave up the first goal against Nashville, and then before the end of the first, Stone and Smith had come back to give the Golden Knights a 2-1 lead, and then you get to the second period again, and they give up three unanswered goals, four overall, uh, heading into the third when Nick Bedino scored to close close out the scoring in a 5-2 loss. But the I don't expect them to not be going up against like the Arizona's of the world, but it, the, the one concern I have, and maybe that's fixed when Tuck comes back and, and the the third line's a, a little deeper. Um, if you remember when Eric Holla was injured with his knee, um, they said he was week to week and obviously he missed the whole season when Stastny injured his knee uh, later in the same season. They said he was week to week and it ended up being two months. So we really don't know how long Nate Schmidt is going to be out or the severity of the injury. Tuck appears to have had a hand injury. There was uh, some inside dirt from one of uh, and I don't want to get too specific on, on what happened, but um, there was uh, a season ticket holders event where he kept his uh, one of his hands in his pocket for most of the time and, and was not uh, signing autographs, if you will. So and that injury looks like it might resolve itself here in a couple of weeks and it'll be good to get Tucky back. The, the, the main, the main early CN look five and three were compared to last season started, you know, night and day. Um, they need to pick, uh, they need to improve in their, in their puck management part of the game, especially when they're in their own zone. And, you know, the, the depth on D with Schmidt out and, Hague being a regular, you know, rookies on the blue line are going to make mistakes. You have to accept that and and do your best to overcome it. But simplifying play in in their own end, getting the puck, getting it off the boards or up and out, not uh, trying the dipsy-do, how do you do uh, between the leg, no look, clearing pass from the boards into the center of the ice, and those kind of things, I'm sure are being focused on in practice where you simplify your game. And sometimes it's better to just get the puck out than, than try something fancy up and then the puck in the back of your net. So like you said, probably a B all things considered to start the game or to start the season. Um, the world beaters that we saw against San Jose, obviously a highly emotional uh, set of games there with the last preseason game being what it was. And then the first two home and home with San Jose um, I think that's top-end potential for the Golden Knights. If, if they uh, can come somewhere near that on a consistent basis, this team's going to be very good uh, when it comes to April.
1: Yeah, I got two things from the Goldie standpoint and in, uh, in terms of, mm. you know, I think Flurry has helped mask some of these mistakes, which you've pointed out, but yes. even it could be worse. When you look at his statistics, He's got a nine two six save percentage, which is phenomenal. Usually, when someone has that kind of save percentage, uh, they they the goals against average. If you ever notice, is kind of kind of goes hand in hand. Probably a little around two-ish, if if, if you will, um, or maybe a little above. And his goals against is 2.46, so he's kind of bailed them out at times. And the other thing is, if there's probably one critique. I would make of the uh, early McFee uh, Gallant uh, era, and I've brought this up before. And I get it that Malcolm Subban missed some time with an injury, but I just feel like they play flurry way too much. Uh, he's already, played, he's played eight of the first nine games. I know there's been some days off in there, uh, but I believe he's 35 now, and I, I just think you know hockey is such a long season as we all know. Uh, the Knights hope to have a very, very long season. And I just hope moving forward that, you know, they'll make that adjustment and, you know, again, he's going to play the majority of the games, but that doesn't mean he needs he, – he should be playing all of the games. So, I'd say, like I said, I know there was an injury involved. Um, in fact, he will be 35 on November 28th. Um, uh, yeah, Not you know, ancient, I would, by any stretch of the imagination. No, no, um, no. And they haven't signed for two more years after this one. So my only point is, uh, you know, like here in New York, Henrik Lundqvist year after year played, you know, 60 to 65, 68 games, if you will. And it, it and it, it definitely took a toll. So, uh, I just like, I'd like to see a little, but I I'd like to see, uh, you know, rely on their backup goalie a little bit more here and there, but, uh, That's probably the only critique I can make of uh, the McPhee-Gallant era, if you will.
0: Yeah, well, the Arizona game, that was going to be Subban's first start, which was a good sign that they were, you know, their philosophy in the season was going to be to get Subban more playing time and to give Fleury more rest as they go. And he left, he went to the locker room after the first period and didn't come back out. And right. they, they activated Dansk um to come up and I'm trying to check right now if that's still the situation for tonight's game. Um he is still listed on the roster. And and I will say, Well you got think if
1: was, gonna play tonight in Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, you, you, well one year they sat him, but I, I I mean you gotta figure he's going tonight. He's had a day a day off, so um but some, somewhere somehow they're going to have to give him some rest. I totally agree with you the, the, on the bright side note, um, when we were doing our Pacific division preview, you, you one of your points for the golden Knights success for the season was special teams, uh, notably the penalty kill. You, you, they believe you ha- they were uh, between seventeen and 20 I think from for last season, um, somewhere lower middle of the of the league I believe when we were doing the show. Um, so far this season Vegas is third overall with a 93.5% kill. They had a uh, 0 for 14 against streak snapped uh, the other night against Ottawa. I think they got one power play goal and they are third overall in the league now. So the, and and they have three shorthanded goals. I'm uh, not sure if that's still the case but before the Ottawa game, as far as the pa- penalty kill goes, the Golden Knights were outscoring the other the opposition on their power play <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: uh, overall. So that's definitely a, a a bonus for for the Golden Knights to be that high up in their penalty killing. I mean, it, obviously that's not going to be sustainable, but early season returns. Are are good on and we also talked about the power play percentage and I believe yeah lastly the power play twelfth to fifteenth wasn't what you would expect from from a team with myself. twenty fifth yeah 25th, there you go thank you um this year they're sixth uh, clicking along at a twenty nine point six percent rate and their puck movement and the, the crispness of how they're executing their power plays is a night and day change from last season so if you can go through Let's just say they keep both special teams in the top ten. Right now they're third in, in what I just say, fifth? Yeah, thir- third and sixth. Uh, sixth yep. power play, third on the penalty kill. Let's just say that, that things kind of normalize and they keep both of their special teams in the top ten of the league. That's two key points that you made during the Pacific Division co- uh, preview show that were keys to this golden knight success and, and early results are saying they've, they've definitely made it a point to improve on on their special team's play and it's showing on the ice
1: yeah absolutely that's definitely that's definitely a, a good thing so far and I guess the other major newest item that came down the other day was uh um, 20 game suspension for performance enhancing supplements he is got you know he's taken the suspension. Team said that the league is right to give the suspension. Um, he doesn't know what happened. Uh, the only thing I would say in this day and age, with all different sports with drug testing, if you're taking something, a supplement or whatnot, you know, do what you can and get a check with the league. You know, I mean, beforehand, um, uh, because what we saw last year with Nate Schmidt, which we still, I guess, he was taking, but his case was extreme. I right? wasn't it something like. He, he, it was like something of less than one percent of something in his system, or was something obscene. But um, yeah, I know some. The, I know sometimes. Uh, the scientists who
0: testified. Of- the scientists who testified at Nate Schmidt's hearing said that the amount of of whatever substance it was in Nate Schmidt's stream was the equivalent of one grain of sand thrown into an Olympic sized swimming pool.
1: Yeah, no, that's uh. <laughs> That's but when I, clearly when it comes to this issue, it's it's black or black or white. You know, you have that yeah. one grain of sand, you're getting the suspension, and 20 games is a hefty one. So they have the depth to fill the spot. But, um, um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, hopefully this will be, uh, you know, uh, a warning to not just the, the Knights but everyone around the league. So,
0: Well, with Zikoff, um, the – I, I watched the George McPhee press conference and the question was asked, and it's a fair question, and George McPhee said as much himself. Uh, the, there's been two PED suspensions in the last three years, both of them coming from the Golden Knights. And the question was asked, I believe it was Kim Bulkey at Vegas, who asked the question, is, is there a problem on this team? And George McPhee was pretty adamant. You know, that's a fair question, but last year and this year are two totally different situations where Nate Schmidt hadn't taken anything outside. One thing we learned, but uh, let me sidetrack for saying, one thing we learned last year with the Nate suspension was that the Golden Knights have a, <laughs> excuse me, top quality, almost a, a full department that reviews all the supplements. They will issue supplements and nutritional supplements and training supplements that are are pre-tested for uh, contamination we, we we've seen in other sports where um a guy took something from gnc that didn't have anything on the label uh, protein shake whatever the case may be but it had gone through a lab in another country that doesn't have stringent fda controls like the united states does and there was a batch of something run through the pharmaceutical presses and procedures of creating the product that had not been cleaned and tainted the supplement in you know, minuscule degrees, but nonetheless, some of those substances were in the -the over-the-counter supplement that Mm. resulted in positive tests. And I I believe that that's something that, that probably happened with Nate Schmidt. Um, All of, what he had taken was from the team as, as far as both those sides uh, story goes from last season. This case with Zekoff was him and both sides agree that he was taking some sort of supplement, not pre-approved and tested by the team and their staff. And whether it was uh, purposely taking a PED or, a supplement that had something in it that he didn't know was on the list. Now the player says he'd been taking that same product for over four years and never had a problem. Um, nonetheless, this is the case where Zikoff knowingly took something that wasn't administered by the team from an approved list and he will pay a 20 game price for it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, uh, just to wrap up the nights. uh, I'm um, uh, like I said, tough three-game stretch here—three games and four nights on the road. But uh, well, let's see if they could take two out of three. Uh, that would be uh, that would be a nice uh, little run if they could win tonight. And back-to-back is always not easy. And you know, split those, uh, and then head home for a big contest against Colorado. That would be, a, uh, I think, a good a good mini road trip there.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I'm trying to. Uh... I guess you would go Flurry Pittsburgh Flurry Philly, and if you, if if Subban's ready to go against Chicago, you kind of target Chicago the second game of the back-to-back, fourth game in or third game in and fourth night that night Tuesday night against Chicago, or maybe we get to see Oscar Dansk in that, yep. and then and then I mean that would be the game I would target for uh, for a backup goalie to play depending on who it is, but then you know with with Flurry being you know, in Pittsburgh, it's emotional for the team. Uh, maybe, maybe you give him the following game off um, just as a mental reset and play the backup against Philly, and then Fleury yep. comes back against Chicago. It's, it'll be interesting to see. Um, let's hope that he doesn't have to play all three games. Uh, like okay. you alluded to earlier in the show, that's going to be a bad sign uh, for, for this Golden Knights team. Um, I could see the uh, day of rest in Philly for Flurry though after what's obviously an emotional game tonight in Pittsburgh. Um, so that'll be interesting to follow for the rest for the rest of this week anyway. And then you look for Flurry to come back uh, Friday night at home against Colorado because Colorado's off to a fantastic. We we like Colorado when we talked about them in the yeah. early in the season, um, and they're they're coming through with uh, you know the proof is in the pudding as they say, and Colorado's got lots of pudding.
1: Yeah, so let, why don't we jump around the league? We'll first dive into teams that are hot. Why don't we start there with Colorado's uh, as the segue? Um had a nice comeback come from behind win in uh last night against the Panthers, uh and overtime yeah, thank I believe. <laughs> and uh one to start the year. Uh I, you know, uh I mean Ratnan uh with the hold out, no big deal. Him and McKinnon are doing their thing. Grubauer has been solid. They got a lot of depth on this roster. And then last night was kind of the Andre Burkovsky Ber- show. He's off yeah. to a really nice start after a big night last night. He's got four goals and eight points. He's a talented kid. Uh, mm-hmm. Who whatever happened in Washington, I know Barry Trotz when he uh, his last year in the Cup year in Washington. You know it, it, it took all all everything he had to kind of get him on the right path, if you will, and then last year he kind of took a step backwards and, and, and you know, playing the right way from a game in, game out mentality type of thing, and it became clear a change of scenery was was uh, needed, and I was like, oh, God, I wish the Islanders could get a young kid like that with the talent and try to snow him, but obviously there's no way they're going to trade him in the division. So, that was a good pickup by Colorado. Um, yeah. Why did they keep him on the the straight and narrow uh, on playing the, playing the game, if you will. But uh, yeah, they're off to a very good start. Like I said, they've added a lot of, they had a really good team before uh, with a lot of talented young players. And like you mentioned uh, in our previous show, they added a lot of depth to the roster. So, uh, you know, those two things handed, coming together uh, for the Avs. And, uh, you know, all, all play, for, you know, out of the first possible
0: seven games, the best you could do is 14 points. Well, they got 13. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. You know, uh, thank you for mentioning, uh, last night's come from behind win. that game, uh, put a couple extra shekels in the old pocket out here. uh, Yeah. They rounded out a nice, uh, three teamer. I had avalanche penguins and Oilers. So, uh, the, the, I was a little worried early on, but, uh, they were able to remain with a big goose egg in the L spot, and they put a couple bucks in the old pocket last night. Uh, I got to tell go. you, I'm a I'm a believer in this club. The the depth that they added um, in the off season, and, and we talked about it. It's you know Cadre's been having you know, a big impact with this club. Uh, Brooke Hostey shows up last night and puts a couple with an assist in. Um, yeah, another another kid who's well. Kid, he's 27. <laughs> it shows my age, but uh, you know, former shark Jonas Donskoy is is off to a three goal, three assist start, and and uh, the, the so all, basically, and, and obviously, our old favorite Pierre Edward Belmar, um, doing his thing on the fourth line. I believe he is picked up a few assists, or right up, he's got one assist, one goal, I believe. So mm-hmm. you, you, even the depth that they added down lower in their lineup is is being able to produce for for this avalanche team. And, and this is a team that's put together, you know, last couple of years, they were top heavy with with uh, the the and Land of Scog McKinnon line. And and then who was going to help. The, the, this is a differently constructed team. I I really like this avalanche team. It's, it, going back to the little sports book team I had going there. They're plus seven hundred to get the Stanley Cup this season. If you want to get a little value, if if uh your state has legalized gaming, um a hundred bucks gets you seven hundred if you if you go to the hockey futures. Uh this, I think there's really solid value in this Avalanche team. Yeah, no, they're also
1: like I said, they're also a good start. so let's stay out west and Go with the Oilers So, uh Nation must be ecstatic with with themselves. Um you know, not uh Dave Tippett comes in, uh, kind of, you know, uh, do the little things in terms of winning hockey games. He still has I mean, McDavid and Dry Saddle off to fantastic starts, go figure. That that's never been the issue. Um but uh, James Neal, hello change of scenery. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Not bad. Nine goals to, uh, to start the year. And that's, that's a big shot in the arm. If, uh, you know, we've seen it so many times and you picked the sport in terms of, you know, the mentality and confidence and, uh, you know, the one, how one feeds, uh, uh, the, the other, uh, goaltending has been a little bit better. Uh, had a two one win last night against Detroit. They're Mm. seven and one. Um, you know, it, 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 there's two teams on this hot list. We'll get to Buffalo probably next, where if you said, give me a couple of teams where it's critical for them to get off to a, a really strong start. And I think Edmonton would be the team I would pick out west, and Buffalo would be the team I would pick out east. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Oil Nation has to be pretty pretty ecstatic, a long way to go, but uh, I've got to be pretty happy.
0: Yeah, and that's... Um... We were talking about the sustainability of, of the avalanche. I, th- I think J- James Neal come out with something to prove, obviously. Um, nine, nine goals, one assist on the season, 10 points. Um, power play goal. And, and, you know, that's something that Edmonton should be very good at is the the power play when you Mm -hmm. look at uh, not just McDavid but with Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins you throw a James Neal into that, a revitalized James Neal into that mix and it should pose matchup problems for other teams. It's no coincidence that this team is leading the National Hockey League in power play percentage at 47% um, I don't know if they're going <laughs> to click at – or 40, 41.7, my apologies, 41.7. Um, I don't know if this team is going to do that the whole season, but it's it's a giant step forward from, from where they were last season. And like you said, hot start, critical, power plays contributing, not – Looking at looking at where they are penalty kill fifth and fifth overall eighty eight point nine percent so we as the theme from the Golden Knights um, penalty kill and special teams play so goes the Oilers um, top five both categories number one overall power play that's going to get you um, quite a long ways down the road if they can maintain their special teams. The, and, and still I have my doubts about mostly the goaltending. You know how my feelings – I mean, Kos- Koskinen looked really good last night. Um, made some fantastic saves to keep that game 2-1 to one, uh, down the stretch in the third period. Um, but they seem to be putting all their eggs in 41-year-old Mike Smith – and you may, hopefully it becomes a 1A, 1B type thing where Kofi yeah. is getting a lion's share of the, the workload, if you will, because you know my feelings about Mike Smith. Um, not a believer in the Mike Smith, uh, let's say, the mental side of his game. So I think that obviously they're off to a great start. I think – we're in a, I'm in a wait and see mode. Although, like I said, Oilers were on my ticket last night, so they they put some money in, in my pocket. And, but I, I think they're probably going to come back down to earth here in a little bit.
1: Oh, sure. But the uh, you know, one thing to make a point, like when they made that trade to Lucic for Neal, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know it, it's been you know a number of seasons that Lucic has you know, not been the same player. Whereas Neal, as bad as last year was, and it was bad. Um, you know, he was only one year removed from being so good with Vegas. So mm-hmm. you could see how a change of scenery, getting some secondary scoring, um, how he could fit, he could be a piece that could fit in uh, with Edmonton and getting off to this good start goes um, a long way. So uh mentioned Buffalo being the team for me in the East of getting off to a good start. I mean, if you remember, Buffalo had last year, and off to I think a decent start, and then they had a ten game winning streak that Correct. took us to around December first or so and then from that point on if they weren't the if they didn't have the worst record in the league,
0: Close. they were
1: like bottom three <laughs> yeah. um so and that's a long road so they have the new coach now, and uh they've gotten off to a fantastic start themselves, six one and one. Eichel off to a good st- Eichel and Dallin kind of leading the way. Carter Hutton with a 9.53 ridiculous save percentage, less than a goal and a half a game. And for those of you uh, hockey fantasy junkies, whoever had Victor Oladipo, congrats on that. He's kind of come out of uh, nowhere, projected to be kind of a depth player. He's already got six goals for Buffalo, so uh so it's been a it's been a while for the Sabers. So uh, it, I think it, it, based on how the last two thirds of the season went, uh, you know, uh, with the with the new coach as well, uh, you know, with Ralph Krueger. So um good good start for them for sure. And much needed.
0: Yeah, I mean I I like uh the Sabres roster this year. We were talking, you know, previously and, and we had them kind of like right on the cusp of of you know, 7-8-9 in the, in the Eastern Conference uh, come come May, uh, fighting for that last playoff spot. Um, Darlene looks like he's taking a real big step forward this year. Um, one goal, eight assists already, leading the team in assists, by the way. Uh, nine points overall, just one behind team leader Jack Eichel with four goals, six assists. Um Eichel obviously off to a great start. Uh, Victor Olsson, you mentioned, uh, said uh, NHL record, his first eight—I want to say eight—career goals, all power play goals. So yeah. you, you get a you get a sniper like that, and you get him isolated in space for for a young kid. Um, he's finishing. He's finishing. He's putting the biscuit in the basket, and he's he's uh, you know really helped. Buffalo's early season power play. Number three overall, clicking at a thirty-five point five percent rate. Um, so so good good and and I love the uh Carter Hutton trade. I think that was the big piece for them that would uh goaltending the last few years, obviously, with, uh up and down there in Buffalo. I think they found their their uh goalie of the future and the future is now if you will um so good good things out of buffalo i think that they can you know continue maybe not at, at a six one and one pace throughout the rest of the season as they get deeper into their conference and divisional schedule but uh certainly i think a team that that has been putting the pieces in place for a couple of years, and we keep waiting for the, the maturity and and the growth to happen. Uh, they got a good club. Their blue line solid. The the goaltending I really like, and, the, and their forward depth is is starting to get rounded out here into a bona fide uh, National Hockey League quality uh, forward core. So I, I'm, I'm a believer right now in the Savers. Um, buying and selling. I'm buying the Savers
1: yeah yeah no, it's good to like I guess it's been a while for them, so uh let me get to the Bruins And this was a team, obviously they held a team. I mean, they were one game away from winning the Stanley Cup last year, but I just yeah. wondered aloud, like and I think I mentioned this on the preview show when we did the Atlantic of you know when you're a team that loses the seventh game in the Stanley Cup final, especially at home, especially the seventh at game win it, it went too if you go back and watch it. I mean, they dominated, you know, that first period. They dominated a lot of that game. And, you know, St. Louis won going away. It was a kind of a strange game, if you will. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, you wake up uh, from a bad hangover, meaning like, you know, uh, you just got dumped by your longtime uh, girlfriend kind of thing versus the hangover where you just got a new job or whatnot, uh, you know, uh, kind of thing. But I just wondered how would they – come out of the gates. Well, you know, they come out of the gates strong. You know, 5-1-1, one, and one, you know, past tonight, Marshawn, Bergeron, uh, all playing well, go figure on that one. Uh, goaltending has been out of sight with both Halak and Ras splitting the time. Uh, Halak, uh, both with a sub-two goals against uh, Halak with a nine five one save percentage, Ras nine four six. Uh So getting great goaltending. Uh are top guys are playing at a high level. Pasternak already has 13 points, eight goals. So, and then everyone else kind of chipping in along the way. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, Boston uh, uh, looks like uh, you know also a good, good start, which I wondered about. But uh, look, they're going to be uh, they're one of the top teams in the East. I don't think I'm going breaking any ground with that. But um, no, uh, you're on you're on, got,
0: you're on thick ice there.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, I would, th- I would think so. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have anything to add to that. Boston's going to be Boston, and the only thing I questioned was the, you know, the proverbial Stanley Cup hangover. If, if uh, how they how they were going to come out and start the season being that close to a Stanley Cup and and falling short, um, especially like you said, the way that Game Seven went. They, I think they got out of that first period down to nothing. And had basically dominated the whole, the whole period. Um, and there's the fluky play where Marshawn went off for a change with 18 seconds left in the period. And that turned into a, yeah. a odd numbered attack right at their own at their own blue line and and. It's kind of kind of fluky play. It was odd like you said, it was odd the way that game went and St. Louis obviously rode that to the Stanley Cup. So I was wondering how they were going to come out and start the season. But uh, Boston's gonna be Boston. We know they're gonna be in it. We know they're built to be a, a playoff uh contender year in and year out. And I don't see anything, you know, obviously against the Golden Knights, they took advantage of, of three turnovers and they're in the back of the net, one, two, three. Um, I I, I love the way the Golden Knights started that game. They jumped out to nothing. Uh, crowd was into it. They were rolling and, you know, sloppy puck management and three unanswered and, and you end up blowing a game. You, you had every right to be competitive in, and that's what Boston will do to you. They're, they're a counter, attacking, quick strike, uh, built team. And, you know, we're seeing that early in the season with Boston, and, and you know, buying Boston, they're they're going to be they're going to be good, and they, you know, you you get short odds on them going back to the Stanley Cup final just behind Tampa in the East.
1: And then the final hot team is Carolina, although they've lost three out of four. They started the year smoking, going yeah,
0: five zero.
1: Cooling off a little bit on the West Coast trip. Really, West yeah. Coast trip, yeah. So yeah. lost to the Ducks last night. Off to a nice start themselves, but, um, old friend Herikala, nice to see. Yes. An amazing start. Seven goals. Uh, really played, like that. uh on a, on a contract year, uh big year for him. So, uh, and he's only 27, I believe. So, uh, uh yeah. So if he can, if he can stay healthy, put up, uh, you know, a 30 plus goal a year, he, he, he will do well come, uh, come July 1st. But, um, yeah, my, my again, you know, deep, good roster both uh, up front and back. The, the only question I have, and the small sample size, I don't want to kill him, And they're two and two in games he's played. But uh, James Remar, you know, three goals against average, which is in this day and age, you know, you know, terrible. Uh, it's too early to say, it, but that's that's my only concern. That or that's my big concern with Carolina in terms of, you know, can Morantek, if. Morazic could be a guy that can play, you know, 55 or so games, and and the games Reimer plays, will they get enough out of him? But uh, other than that, it's a, it's a talented young roster. And here's some the little food, last food for thought on Carolina, off to a good start. Sebastian Ajo has yet to really get going. So he only has two goals, three points. So uh, something to consider is he he's yet to really take flight, and
0: they're off to the good start. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they're still waiting for Sveshnikov to find his goal scoring touch as well. They have one goal through nine games, seven assists, so he's certainly yep. contributing offensively. But if Sveshnikov and Aho can, can start putting the puck in the back of the net with regularity, it's obviously it's going to be uh, just more scoring depth for this Carolina forward core, who really, behind Eric Halla, you go back, you go down to Teravainen and Ryan to um, two goals apiece. So, Eric Hall is certainly a fortunate signing from the Carolina perspective, or trade from the Carolina perspective, is carrying carrying the lion's weight of the goal scoring uh, five more than the next forward on the roster. So, yeah, if Aho, Sveshnikov, I'd like to see Jordan Stahl get a little more involved offensively. Zingle sure, sure could. Uh, pick up his his goal scoring too. Uh, the second leading scorer on the team Dougie Hamilton from the blue line, with with five goals, five assists, actually leading the team in points as well with ten. Yeah. So the the cooling off on the west coast, uh, young team on the road early in the season. You, you know let's see what happens when they finish the road trip and get back home, uh, get some home cooking under their belt and get a string of home games going together. Is forward Coral probably. Uh, you know, a little more comfortable back, back in North Carolina. And uh, again, I I love the, the Eric Hall. I thought he would fit in great with Carolina and what they do there and, and good for him. I hope he continues to have a good season and get rewarded. If not by the hurricanes, then somebody's going to get a nice player come the off season.
1: Yeah. He was a guy I was looking at as, you know, the Islanders obviously went after Panarin hard, um, came up short on that one, but he's a guy I said, you know what, that that would be an intriguing guy for me, provided that the the medicals came back. Up. I'm just looking at him now. I'm trying to remember, was that trade prior to uh, – it was. It was a week prior to July 1st, so uh, that might have made it a little bit tricky from the standpoint of you, you had your eyes set on other people. But he was right. a guy I thought like – Was low risk risk from the standpoint of the return, right? I mean, uh, I think it was like a fifth round pick and, you know, a nice complimentary young player. Uh, And I get it, Hollow is only signed for one more year and then he's UFA. But, anywho, uh, good for him. Uh, Let's jump into the teams that we should be in that are in Worry City Uh, the Devils, the Stars, and Minnesota. The Devils actually have the best record of the group, they got their first win over the the rangers the other night good for them uh they're 1-4-2. they have blown a number of games with big leads they
0: oh, good like three More nothing against uh calgary or ottawa wasn't
1: it uh yeah they had a, the Florida game they had a big lead they blew yeah. that one they had a big lead against winnipeg they blew that one um uh i you know and the and then the su- hidden sub story is you know the tail hole situation and Know, if they're gonna have a, a if they're gonna have a a build, uh, building season, if you will, I mean, look, Jack Hughes has got you know no goals, one assist. He's an eighteen year old kid. I mean, we can't expect yeah, him. Down. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. N- Hitch, Nico Hisher, the uh, the number one pick from a couple of years ago, he's off to a little bit of a slow start.
0: Just signed to a big deal you know,
1: too, scoring wise. But you know, Taylor Hall, like I said. Uh, this is going to be an interesting situation. And having been on the island and seen what the Islanders went through with John Severus, and in that case, uh, from afar now, it, it appeared that they thought they were going to be able to get it done, whereas the holes, and obviously they didn't, they wind up re-signing I and mean, I was prior general manager and all that jazz, but with the whole situation, at best, at best, this is very up in the air. So they, you know, the Devils have to have a plan uh, in terms of, you know, if we can't get him signed to a contract by, you know, January one, then, you know, we 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 you know we can't have him walk out the door for the nothing for nothing, uh, which is what happened with the Islanders. Again, that was a little bit more of a tricky situation. I had to give them a pass, but at the end of the day, that should be a lesson learned. <laughs> their their error should be a lesson learned for everyone in the league. So. Uh, Yeah, I don't know where Terrell Hall heads at. Obviously, they added Supon. They have some good young talent on this team. They're going in the right direction. They need help in goal. Uh, But how they're going to play that, and let's be honest, if he winds up being on the market, that's going to be all the talk uh, come the the trade deadline. It's all going to be about who wins the Terrell Hall sweepstakes. Because I don't believe this year's crop of free agents – Uh, if I'm going based on memory, is, you know, is... Yeah, there's some really good players on there, but the ones that are are on top teams. Like, for instance, I want to say Alex Pietrangelo of St. Louis is a pending UFA. They're going to sign him. You know what I mean? And he's not getting traded. Backstrom and Hopi of Washington are two of the top guys. Same thing. You know, they're not getting moved. So when you look at teams that are going to be, quote-unquote, the sellers, and who are the pending UFAs? who are this year's Mark Stones, who are this year's Matthew Shames, uh, if you will. Um, it, it's a short list, and Taylor Hall is by far uh, the biggest prize on that list. So Jersey would do, would do very well in that situation. Obviously, they want to keep him, but if he doesn't want to stay, then they've got to look long-term there.
0: What did you think of the Nico Heischer signing uh, seven years fifty point seven million dollars is that something that that you think um I don't know to me it seems like
1: a little early
0: if you look a little early. I haven't seen quite enough out of young Nico to um show me basically what seven point Whatever that's, per yeah, year seven, seven, seven years. years. That's a hefty. That's a. You look at the other players around the league that are making seven plus. It's isn't pretty elite company when you get into that salary range. And I don't. I mean, I understand you. You got your kid. He's your first overall pick, and you're you're, uh, you know, you're making the investment in the future and all that. But if there's ever a a, a player that maybe was was. It, you know, you could get them on a bridge deal. You know, the bridge deal, remember those? Before you had all your right. RFAs after three-year entry-level contracts, holding out and going freaking other countries to train and this and that, and uh, offer sheets, Marners and Lainese and Connors, oh my. And then I understand that you don't want to get into that kind of a situation, but is it a little early to, to put that kind of money on, on Nico uh, I I
1: would say so. I mean, the other way to look at it, too, is, Look, what, so if you're the team, what are you buying? You're buying team control, right? So seven years, uh, so how many free agent years do they buy out? I mean, they have this team control, uh, you know, for the first um, for the first uh, seven years, right? Uh, yep. Until someone, yeah, so, 27. Uh, so they, oh, yeah, so, or after you've completed, I believe it's seven years. Uh, years so if you come up as an 18-year-old. They bought out a couple free agent years. I mean, he got, you know, it be one thing to sign sure who I'm a fan of, and I'm not saying he can't wind up being a first line player. If you sign him to the William Carlson deal and get a player like that, and you lock him in at, let's say, 575 for seven years, and you're like, you know, clearly he's probably not a 575 player yet but we think he's going to be a guy that's one thing but you know 7 million is a big number um yeah. you know I get it if it's his you know
0: William Carlson it, as far right, as his right. position goes right with that's overall what I mean. yeah
1: that's the other part
0: play thing. and and offensive upside and you know he's one of the best penalty killers on the team so he's a 200 foot forward Nico he sure know William Carlson
1: right and you know the, the you know I get it if you if you, the devils are basically telling you we think he's going to be in the very near future a 10 to 11 million dollar player, and we got him for seven. That I mean, otherwise it really doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, also, maybe part of this is tied to the fact that maybe between now and early next year they're going to wind up trading Taylor Hall so that they can say, "Hey, we we locked up some of our other guys." Um, yeah, I, you know, a little surprising, but again time will tell how smart they were making this move but um it'll be interesting to see how 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 this plays out i mean cuz like i said it's not something they had to do immediately and to me it wasn't like they got a crazy great discount you know what i mean um um but um yeah like i said i like the player i think good day, good things are ahead i i expect him uh uh to keep on getting better you know, but uh, that, that—that's—that you know, usually that kind of number is—I uh, know Matt Barzell's agent probably was thrilled with that contract. So uh, yeah, no uh, question. Yeah. But um, anyway, you know, something to keep an eye on. I'm sure if the Devils don't get on a winning streak soon, we'll we'll start hearing about the Taylor Hall rumors. And then let's finish up with Dallas and, and Minnesota. I mean, Dallas just cannot score. I mean, here's a team everyone thought you know. A challenge for the Central. It's still early, but you know what? It's getting late. I mean, they're 1 7 1. I mean, talk about a team that needs a winning streak. They lost again last night in Pittsburgh. You know, they've scored just 17 goals in nine games. Uh, and for those who had Ru Pints leading the team in goals, uh, good for you. But, um, you know, Joe Paval, yeah. he's off to a slow start. Corey Perry missed the first few games due to a foot injury. He's only played in a couple of games. um you know, Jamie Benn has two points. How is that possible? Um, right. Uh, yeah, they're off to a rough start, and the Minnesota's an odd bunch to me. That it seems like they have a combination of a lot of extremely uh, young players, and uh, half the roster seems really, really young, and half the roster seems like the they, they're on the wrong end of thirty, if you will. Uh, a lot of miles on that tire. So uh, it's a weird roster to me. Um, and they're kind of locked in with our roster as well. They have yeah. uh, all those older guys, a lot of them assigned for a number of years. So I do pick his numbers, and I'm sure it's not all him, uh, the, the players in front of him, but his numbers are terrible. So, you know, Dallas and Minnesota, I mean, what are your thoughts about those two?
0: Well, real quick, just to finish the Devils, they're up 1-0 yeah. right now on Vancouver. Jack Hughes with his first NHL goal, a oh, power goal. Go. So there's a bright spot for Devils fans. If, if you're listening out in New Jersey, Devil Nation, uh, Jack Hughes finally gets off the schneid with his first NHL goal. So congratulations to Jack Hughes. I'm sure we're going to see many more of those uh, in, in the future to come. So they, they, you know, there's 8.50 left in the third period. Um, if, if they uh, can hold on against Vancouver, who I, I, I think they've got four, you know, it's the, the Hughes versus Hughes show in the Devils yeah. the next game. Um, I, I think they, they, you know, they're starting to turn the corner if they can hold on to this win. That's uh, get they got off to snide against the Rangers and then they back it up with uh, a, a, what could be a real nice win against Vancouver. So. Uh, maybe, maybe things are starting to change a little direction for New Jersey. I thought watching them in the preseason, they, they were going to be a very good shot. Taylor Hall off his injury, uh, skating very well, but, but, uh, it hadn't started yet so far in the regular season, but maybe we're starting to see them turn the corner. Um, Dallas, as far as Dallas goes, we talked about them being, you know, with the best goals against average in the national hockey league last year. Um, they, you know, when you bring in a couple pieces, Start retooling your 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 roster a little bit. With where, where does Corey Perry fit? Power play, penalty kill. Uh, Podolski should be. I just dropped him from my fantasy team because you know what have we seen? Nothing. Um, you expected him to kind of go in there and maybe uh, make a big contribution on that power play, and we we haven't seen that materialize yet. Uh, so you you know I th- one seven and one. Ouch. Oh. For for Dallas, uh, you got to yeah, win six a mm-hmm. hey, On the road in Philly today, too. That's not a, that's not a, uh, any sort of a cakewalk after a back to back with Pittsburgh last oh. night. Um, I mean, we're looking at a one eight and one in their first ten. I don't see too many people who saw that coming. I, I know I didn't. I I like Dallas yeah. to 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 make a big step in that division. And when you look at the top of that division. They got a long way to go to come back. And we're 10 games at the end of the season. And you start asking yourself, are the stars buried? Can they get out of that hole? They they might right. need a 10-game winning streak at some point in the season, even to get back into contact in, in the Central Division. I mean, we know Nashville is, is off to a, a good start, right? We, um, Colorado. Colorado hasn't lost in regulation yet. Uh, St. Louis, eight nine, point, nine points, three one and you know three tough overtime uh, losses, uh, nine points though. Uh yep. they, you, And then you still have the Winnipeg's of the of the world that are, you know, finding their way. The Dustin Buffalo situation is a little bit a little bit weird. You know, Connor and yep. Renee both came into Camp Lake, but uh, you know, eight points. They're they're they're. You know, treading water and maybe starting to find Their groove a little bit, Dallas could be done Already
1: Yeah, they, they need a winning streak
0: uh, Yeah And I mean, then
1: Minnesota, Minnesota can now score 2-1 uh, Basically the first uh, The first few games as well
0: Yeah, minus so 15 goal is. differential in seven games played
1: yeah, I mean, I and yeah. I love, I and mean, I think he's hurt currently, Matt Zuccarello. I, 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 I'm a big fan of his game, but if yeah. you said, give me three teams where Matt Zuccarello doesn't make sense, and I said, well, one of them is clearly Minnesota because, <laughs> you know, they have a lot of forward depth and they have a lot of guys that are already over 30, and that's who signed them. So, I uh, uh, granted, that was the previous administration, if you will, but. That, um, that
0: could have been what ended the previous administration.
1: Yeah. It does. It, like I said, it's a strange roster to me of uh, asking a lot of young players to to really uh, be a big core part of the core, and asking a lot from older players. I mean, I guess if if those two things could mesh somehow, but uh, it's getting late early for them as well. And we've talked about how much of a tough division that is. So um, uh, yeah, I think those two teams need a need a winning streak. So we'll have to keep a keep an eye out for for both of them.
0: Yeah, here's uh, here's what you need to know about Minnesota right here. Leading goal scorer is ex Golden Knights defenseman yeah, Brad Hunt,
1: and with that.
0: two goals on the season. So, so, I mean, if that's where you're at at this point in the season, you're having some problems. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That was, <laughs> Brad, I was like, wait I, was a nice <laughs> player. If it came down to Hunt, Marilyn Holden, I might have taken Hunt over both Marilyn Holden at the time of who had to go. But um, he, he's he's an offensive defenseman. But I mean, where, where's the forward set? Yeah, and he's their leading point scorer with with two goals, two assists, four points, and four points leads the way in Minnesota. Um, I think that's all you need to know. I I think this if if they could come up with a deal for. Uh, is this the point where you say nobody's untradable on this team,
1: <laughs> yeah, but they have a lot of untradable pieces, not that they're bad yeah. players, but give, given their contracts and ages and the length of the contracts,
0: uh they they have pieces that are really not tradable, yeah, no question about it. uh you wonder if a team could take take a miku Koivu uh on a trade deadline deal, or yeah that's somebody you know, I think he's, on the, he's probably one of
1: the few veterans that is not signed for that many. That much yeah. longer, but like Parisi, Suter, uh, Zuccarello, recently, um, yeah. uh, Dole just resigned a three-year deal. Although he had a really good year last year, uh, you know, so they got they got they got a lot of term with their older players.
0: Yeah, well, we got sixty seconds left in this week's show, uh, Chris. What, what, what are we working on for next week?
1: I'm working on getting a real uh, cool guest that we're gonna get. later if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen. Uh, reached out to a certain someone, so I'm working on trying to get him if not next week, the week after. if not, then we'll try to get a guest in here maybe uh over the next week or two, like to get Rob sorry I haven't reached out to him, so if you're listening, Rob, and if you 're not shame on you, but if you're uh or no, those who follow Rob tell you know we're we got our eyes on him, we want to feel like get his thoughts on the oilers and uh how
0: real this thing is absolutely, no question about it. well, that's going to do it for this week. Um, I think we went through the league pretty well. Broke down the uh, who's hot, who's not buyers, sellers, and until next week uh, for Chris on Mark. This is the Vegas Hockey Podcast, and we're gone. Hello, hockey fans, and welcome once again to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. I'm Mark Warner along with Chris Uso. are now going to be affiliated